When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. A quick warning before we begin. Episodes about Jeffrey Epstein will inevitably contain allegations of rape and sexual assault. Four years after the disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in his prison cell while facing sex trafficking charges, another chapter in the fight for the truth began. And the lawsuit accuses J.P. Morgan of allowing Jeffrey Epstein to get away with his crimes for years because they didn't report them to the government or law enforcement, even though they had evidence inside the bank, allegedly, that Epstein was engaged in sex trafficking. Epstein was an inexplicably wealthy and powerful figure who regularly entertained some of the richest and most influential men, including royalty, on his private islands. But many of his accusers alleged that it was on those islands that they were subjected to horrific abuse. His suicide denied his victims the chance to see him held to account for his alleged crimes. But another fight for justice has been underway, seeking out the financial giants who enabled Epstein so we say you're profiting. They profited from a human trafficking operation. Last weekend, in an exclusive interview, the Sunday Times spoke to the lawyer and former Attorney General of the US Virgin Islands who investigated Epstein's sordid affairs and found a web of people who she says protected him. How do we act like this is something different? Well, just because they have money, we don't? In this podcast, we reveal how she took on one of the most powerful banks in America over the role she claims they played in Epstein's empire. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today the lawyer who exposed Epstein's bankers. So I'm Rosie Kinchin. I'm a feature writer at The Sunday Times. And Rosie, you've just come back from a reporting trip in the Caribbean. So I flew to the US Virgin Islands um, and I flew into St. Thomas, which is one of the bigger islands there. 
It is enormously complicated to get to and required like three different aeroplanes <laughs> getting progressively smaller <laughs> as I made it closer. Um, and I was there to report on Jeffrey Epstein and the latest chapter in the story of the efforts to bring him to justice or to bring his estate and the people around him to justice. And in particular, you were talking to a woman who's now key to the story. Yeah, so I was going out to meet Denise George. So Denise George was the Attorney General in the US Virgin Islands at the time that Epstein died, uh, the time he um, killed himself in a New York prison cell. Two days before he died, Jeffrey Epstein changed his will and he put all of his wealth, everything that he owned, into a trust and he registered that trust in the US Virgin Islands. So it meant that when he died, all of his estate was registered there. So that sort of becomes the epicentre of the Epstein empire, I guess. Yeah. Why now? You know, this this saga has been rumbling on for a while. Where has it got to and what made you want to go and speak to her right now? I think this is a really important moment in the story because it's very easy to lose track of it because the later stage since Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted for her part in, the, in Epstein's trafficking operation, it's very easy to think that was sort of the end of it. But actually what's happened is that there have been a succession of really important legal cases and courtroom battles that have brought a whole new raft of information to the surface. And they've been going on over the last probably two or three years. And this is the one that started it all, the one that, that Denise George was involved with was sort of the beginning of this second wave. And tell us a bit about her. So Denise George grew up on St Thomas. She's from the Virgin Islands. I wasn't sure what to expect when I went to meet her, actually, because we talked on the phone before and I, I had a strong sense that she had played the role that I thought she had played in the story. But I wasn't quite sure how how comfortable she was going to be. She hasn't given very many interviews. She's not really spoken to any journalists before. So she was appointed. She got the job in April 2019. And she told me that even from the time that she was appointed, the first thing that people were bringing to her, to her in the office was this something's going on with Jeffrey Epstein because there were rumours swirling at that point that he'd been running a trafficking operation. And so she was getting calls from journalists around the world saying, is there anything you'd like to say about it? I was, I was shocked. I was yeah. like, how is that possible that they're saying that this sex trafficking operation was mm. going on for years right here? She knew who Jeffrey Epstein was because Epstein had two islands there. And when he had previously been convicted. He pled guilty to a child soliciting charge in Florida in 2009, and he served one year on one charge. So after he'd finished, he had to register as an offender in a jurisdiction of the US, and he chose the US Virgin Islands as the jurisdiction to register himself in. He bought an island in 1998, um, Little St. James, and he made it his home. So he, he used it to court his rich and famous friends. Bill Clinton's been named as a guest there, so has Prince Andrew. And a number of the other f figures who feature in the story were also regular visitors to Little St. James. And then a lot later, so if we fast forward to 2016, he bought the neighbouring island, Greater St. James, which 
the general idea is that he wanted to, to protect his privacy on Little St. James, and he bought Greater St. James to help him do that. So she knew, she knew who he was, he, but she didn't know anything about the bigger picture of that there might be more and that the Virgin Islands might end up playing a really important role in the story. What do we now know about what was happening there? Um, so fairly early on in her investigation, Denise George managed to speak to three of the survivors in person. It was inspiring. I was floored by how brave these women became. Mm. I saw their pain. And one of them, she said, told her about the fact that she'd been flown out of there as when she was a minor She'd been raped by Epstein and by another man and that she tried to run away. And Denise recalled her talking about the terrain because the Virgin Islands is very rough. It's very rocky. The detail was so compelling and so credible Yeah, because the way they described even the terrain. She was talking about how her feet were getting cut as she ran across this rocky terrain trying to escape. The way she described what she was passing, what things looked like. That's our terrain. That's what that's like. There was another woman and she talked about, again, being raped on the islands and then running into the sea and swimming to try and escape. And Epstein and his friends, associates, whatever they were, took a boat out and went and got her and brought her back again. And then they took away her passport so that she couldn't leave. I mean, this is horrifying. Yeah. And we know that that happened over a number of years. Yeah. So going back to 2019, when some of this is starting to come out, Denise George has become Attorney General, Epstein is suddenly dead after being arrested over sex trafficking. What does she do next? Because, you know, a lot of people would think, well, he's dead, the problem is over. But it's not for her. No, so she knew that... that the federal police, the FBI had been pursuing a criminal case against Epstein and with his death that brought that to an end. But the fact that he had registered all of the um, estate in the Virgin Islands, she thought would could create a potential for a civil case of some sort. What Denise Jordan needed to do was basically show that there had been a pattern of criminal activity so she could pursue the estate. And that's something she starts to do. And in order to do that, you know, she has to investigate what mm. he's been doing. How many did she talk to all together? Um, I think ultimately the compensation scheme ended up paying out to 150 women. I think it was $120 million-ish to 150 women. So it gives you an idea of how many women were involved in Epstein's operation. And what about the people who had worked for Epstein or had been around the islands? I mean, were, were people forthcoming? They were able to get snippets of information, but ultimately, no, they weren't forthcoming at all. And she said that when they sent out subpoenas, so, you know, legal requests for information or for communication with a person or with an institution, that most of the the individuals who were involved would come back and say that they'd signed non-disclosure agreements and that they weren't going to speak. My thing was, who are you protecting? Yeah. Epstein's dead. And it took her a while. She said initially she couldn't figure out why they were still honouring these non-disclosure agreements. As it went by and they kept protecting these NDAs. What are you talking about? He's dead. What are you talking about? He had an NDA agreement with with the the employees. I said they're protecting. I was what? They're protecting the living. Epstein was dead, but there were others who 
were obviously had played a role in the story and who were still alive. So, Rosie, Denise George gets to this point in her investigation where she realises people aren't opening up to her. And it's not because it's Epstein they're worrying about with these non-disclosure agreements they'd signed. It's people who are still alive. Just tell us a bit about who they are. Yes, there were two men in particular um, who had strong links to Jeffrey Epstein. The first one was Leon Black, who was the co-founder of the private equity firm Apollo Global Management and one of America's richest men. He's worth over $12 billion. He was a a mover and shaker in New York. He was um, chairman of MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. He was a huge art collector. But we know that they spent a lot of time socialising together. Black has always maintained that he was a financial advisor and that he helped save him millions of dollars and we know that they would he would regularly go for meetings at Epstein's house so that's the social side but what were their financial links so at first we have this situation where Leon Black immediately after Epstein's death claims to have had a limited relationship only with Jeffrey Epstein then a year about a year after that the new york times reports that he paid epstein at least 50 million dollars for and this is what blacks claimed for estate planning tax and philanthropic advice wow then off the back of that he stands down from apollo and the company brings in an independent law firm to conduct a review of blacks financial links to epstein so the review finds that no company money was exchanged but that Black actually gave Epstein $158 million, and it was his own money. I mean, that's an extraordinary sum. Where does the money go? The report found that it it moved through shell companies often and in slightly bizarre ways. So, for example, in in 2017, Black's yacht paid Epstein's jet $22.5 million. Um, And it ends up largely in this business called Southern Trust, which is an Epstein-owned business registered in the US Virgin Islands. So this is money going directly into Epstein's pocket, really, or into some of his assets. Exactly. For Denise George, why is this interesting? A big part of their investigation was trying to unravel Epstein's incredibly complex financial arrangements and just follow the money, basically, trying to figure out what he was doing and why he was doing it, why he had all these bizarre accounts and and different businesses, trusts, all these different funds that he'd set up over there. And one of them was Southern Trust. So in 2011, Epstein had registered the business Southern Trust as a cutting-edge consulting service specialising in biomedical and financial informatics. So on that basis... He had been granted a raft of financial incentives by the island's government, including a 90% reduction in income tax. So they had thought that it was a legitimate business that was going to be, you know, a useful thing for the Virgin Islands economy. And Denise George and her investigation discovered that Southern Trust was a sham. So not only did it appear not to have conducted any work in informatics during the time that it operated, but of the 13 people listed as employees, only one seemed to work in IT. One was actually Jeffrey Epstein's driver, and another had been publicly named as a model. And another one was Cecile de Jong, the wife of the island's former governor. Ah. So this doesn't sound like uh, a great biomedical business no. or, or research centre or even a, a financial advisory service necessarily. What happens next with this investigation? 
So George discovers that a lot of the money going through Southern Trust was coming from Leon Black or from Leon Black-related accounts. There were significant facts that showed that Leon Black had been giving millions and millions and millions of dollars to Epstein mm. to the point where it, it, um, it, it appeared, we, we alleged, it appeared that um, a significant amount of those funds were used to maintain some trust. So between 2013 and 2017, the company received $158 million, about 85% of the total revenue of Southern Trust at the time. He is a major source of funding Mm. for Jeffrey Epstein during this period. Uh, You know, we know his lawyers have made it very clear that Mr. Black engaged and paid Epstein for very legitimate financial advisory services. There's no suggestion that he was aware of any misconduct engaged in by Epstein. Do we know where his money was going? Well, Denise George believes that Southern Trust was basically the, the account that was funding the trafficking operation on Little St. James. So it was going wow. for all of the expenses on the island, the transport, the women, all of that money was going towards what was happening on Little St. James. And Rosie, it's not just allegations about the financial backing for Epstein's operation. Whilst looking into this story, you came across other allegations, which are separate to Denise George's investigation, allegations that involve rape and sexual assault. That's right. So there, there, a number of allegations have come out against Leon Black. In November last year, Kerry Pearson, who was a single mother living in New, New Jersey, she says she was recruited by Ghislaine Maxwell um, and was introduced to Jeffrey Epstein and ended up giving him massages. And that at one point she was left in Epstein's townhouse with Leon Black and told to give him a massage. And she says that he, Black attacked her and raped her and, and the attack was so violent that she could barely walk down the street afterwards. I mean, that's horrifying. Yeah. The second um, allegation that links to Epstein is a woman who's still anonymous, um, who has autism and a form of Down syndrome, and she claims that Black raped her at Epstein's mansion in 2002. So Leon Black has strenuously denied these allegations and is suing the law firm bringing them for malicious prosecution. Wow. His spokesman said, all three claims are frivolous and Mr Black has filed motions to hold the Wigdor firm accountable for its false and baseless allegations. So he's now pursuing the women who have alleged that he raped them. Coming up, Denise George's investigations lead her to one of the most powerful men in one of America's biggest banks. That's in just a moment. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Rosie... You've explained how the U.S. Virgin Islands attorney, Denise George, uncovered this fake consultancy business, Southern Trust, which she thinks was financially propping up Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking operation. But it doesn't end there. Her investigations soon lead her to another titan in the financial world. So Jess Daly had run the private banking arm of J.P. Morgan, where Epstein had banked from 1998 to 2013. And during that time, he and Jess Daly had had this very symbiotic relationship. So the, the way it worked was that Epstein would introduce Staley to rich and powerful people who were in his social circuit, and Staley would sign them up as clients to the bank. So that had been happening for a really long time, and it had worked very well for both of them. So Jess Daly went on, after running the private bank at J.P. Morgan, he then went on to become the head of Barclays here in London. How does that relationship play out? Well, their personal relationship has come under the spotlight increasingly over the time of this, and it's been rumbling on through various different means. So at one point, Jess Daly stood down from his job at Barclays after the financial regulator decided that he hadn't been fully honest about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. But we know that between 2008 and 2012, they exchanged 1,200 emails. I mean, that's a lot. 1,200 emails. They were in touch while Epstein was serving his prison sentence. And that's while he's in prison. And we should just explain, this is in 2008 when he was convicted for soliciting a minor This is a full decade before the sex trafficking charges in the US Virgin Islands, but that's still a very serious charge. Yeah. Staley was one of the first people to visit him when he returned to New York. We've got email exchanges between them. So while Epstein was serving his prison sentence in Florida, Jess Staley took his own personal yacht out to Little St. James and stayed on the islands. And he sent him a message Jeffrey Epstein, a message saying, I owe you much and I deeply appreciate our friendship. I have few so profound. But that's really just the beginning of it, because in these email exchanges, there are a number of exchanges that are questionable and that raise quite serious questions about what it is the two men are actually discussing. There's an exchange in July 2010. So Jess Daly sends an email to Epstein saying, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White. Epstein replies, 
what character would you like next? Staley answers, Beauty and the Beast. And Epstein replies, well, one side is available. What does Jess Staley say about this? Because, you know, as you say, a lot of this has been made public now. He has been held accountable for it. What, what was his response? He actually didn't respond to my request for comment, but in the past he's denied any wrongdoing and said he regrets his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And for Denise George, what does she find out about their relationship? So Denise George is, all this time, they're subpoenaing, they're sending out court-mandated requests for information to the banks. And so she ends up getting a whole load of information from JP Morgan, which appears to show that they were sort of ignoring their own internal warning systems about... Um, So there are a number of red flag financial behaviours that the banks should be responding to. So big cash withdrawals, for example, or suspicious payments to individuals. And this is all the more so because Epstein was a client after the time that he had been convicted of a sex offence. So she claims they're repeatedly breaching their own safeguarding rules, basically. So it seems Jess Daly, in his high-powered role at the American bank J.P. Morgan, might have allowed Jeffrey Epstein to carry on as a client despite the red flags about his banking activity. Are there any other allegations about Jess Staley? Anything about his behaviour towards women? Yes, so last year, an anonymous survivor of of Jeffrey Epstein's trafficking operation brought a class action against J.P. Morgan. She met Epstein when she was a ballet dancer in New York and she claims that the bank facilitated decades of abuse. That case has been settled. So JP Morgan settled it for $290 million over the summer, which is an extraordinary amount of money. This woman who's known in the court papers as Jane Doe won. Jane Doe won alleges that at least one of Epstein's friends used aggressive force in his sexual assault of her and informed Jane Doe won that he had Epstein's permission to do what he wanted to her. So she initially didn't want to name this person because she said that they were a powerful figure in finance. But as part of the court wrangling, J.P. Morgan's lawyers compelled her to name the person and that person was Jess Staley. So he continues to deny all wrongdoing. So for Denise George, back in the American Virgin Islands, she's got these two very powerful men in her sights. There is a lot of evidence stacking up, certainly about their financial links to the Epstein empire. What does she do next? Well, she does a number of things at the same time. But on one hand, her investigation and her discovery against the Epstein estate has gathered pace and they now have a significant amount of information about what was really happening on the islands. And the court orders uh, mediation between the two parties in this civil action, so the Epstein estate and the US Virgin Islands government. And she ends up agreeing a deal whereby the estate settles for $105 million. And there are various agreements that form part of this deal, some of which we know about and some of which we don't. But what we do know is that the settlement was agreed without any concession or admission of liability or fault on the part of the co-executors, either in their official or individual capacities, the estate or any other parties. The co-executors denied that they were engaged in wrongdoing of any kind. And with that victory, does the money go to the island? Does it go to the, the women? So Denise George had a number of of different plans of what she wanted the money to do. So uh, in addition to the main sum, half of the proceeds from the sale of Little St. James would go to victims of sexual assault and child abuse and trafficking victims. But one other term that she really did want to insist on was that 
this was a settlement with the estate, but that the estate would continue to cooperate in their investigations into Jeffrey Epstein's trafficking operations. So in other words, she's not finished. There are other people that she knows enabled the behaviour and she's going after them too. And where have the other cases come to? She then, by this point, believes that she has enough of a case against Leon Black to present him with the evidence that they've got and to see if there is a discussion to be had there. So she presents him with that evidence and his lawyers begin a conversation. And the other direction that she wants to pursue is J.P. Morgan because she believes that she's got a strong enough case to show that they were ignoring their own regulations and banking regulations in an effort to keep Jeffrey Epstein on as a client. She begins a legal action against J.P. Morgan. And then there's another twist in the tale, because Denise George, who you interviewed, is currently the former Attorney General of the US Virgin Islands. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this development that the Virgin Islands are now going after J.B. Morgan is sort of met with shockwaves around the world, lots of reporting, lots of international headlines. And four days later, on New Year's Eve, Denise George is fired. It was, it was abrupt. He, uh, on a Saturday, it was uh, New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, he sent uh, two of his people to serve me the letter that I had been terminated. And um, Denise George herself is reluctant to go into the, the wider possible reasons for her firing. But a certain amount of information has now come out that exposes the relationship that some of the people in the higher echelons of the US Virgin Islands government had with Jeffrey Epstein. So over this summer, JP Morgan defended itself against the US Virgin Islands claim by alleging that the island's government was itself complicit in the crimes of Jeffrey Epstein. So they've put forward a whole trove of information, much of it again redacted, but what we can see is that the most damaging allegations were made against Cecile de Jong, who was the wife of the island's governor between 2007 and 2015. She was one of the employees of Southern Trust. That's exactly right. And she also ran Jeffrey Epstein's private office for a time. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and this was known on the islands, and it caused a degree of scandal on the islands, even in a place where people are accustomed to looking the other way. But what we didn't know until these legal filings were um, released is that she seems to have played quite an active role in helping Jeffrey Epstein in a number of ways. For example, she helped Epstein to secure visas for his victims. So on one occasion, she contacted the University of the Virgin Islands to find out whether three young women could enrol there to obtain student visas. This led to the university to create a bespoke class for Epstein's victims, providing cover for their presence on a the island. A bespoke class? <laughs> God, what was that called? I think it was a language class, but I actually don't know the name of it. In the same year, Jeffrey Epstein donated $20,000 to the university through one of his companies. So that's one shocking example. So they've all denied that corruption was an element. They've all denied their roles in the Epstein operation. One of the things that J.P. Morgan have claimed is that it wasn't just a young, that, that successive governors have had very close relationships with Epstein. So Cecile de Jong did not respond to my request for a comment. Giving evidence in a deposition in July, she claimed she had no knowledge of a sex trafficking enterprise, saying, I would never do anything to harm anyone or to aid and abet anyone harming someone. And 
happens next? You know, she's still fired. Those two cases have moved on since she launched them and she investigated them. Where have they got to? So the point that we're at now is that in June, as I mentioned before, J.P. Morgan settled for $290 million. This was in the civil action case that involved ballet dancer who sued J.P. Morgan as she claims the bank facilitated decades of abuse. J.P. Morgan continues to deny responsibility, and in a statement released at the time, J.P. Morgan said any association it had with Epstein was a mistake and we regret it. In the US Virgin Islands versus J.P. Morgan case, the one brought by Denise George at the end of December, there is a trial date scheduled for October. This summer, a public information inquiry from the New York Times revealed that Leon Black had settled with the US Virgin Islands in January, so really quite soon after Denise had been fired, mm. um, and that he'd agreed to pay $62.5 million to be released from any potential claims arising out of the territory's three-year investigation into the sex trafficking operation. So Leon Black's lawyer, Susan Estrich, says, As publicly reported and as an independent board review confirmed, Mr Black engaged and paid in Epstein for legitimate financial advisory services consistent with settlements reached by major financial institutions. Mr. Black resolved the USVI's potential claims arising out of the unintended consequences of those payments. There is no suggestion that Mr. Black was aware of any misconduct engaged in by Epstein. How does she feel about the whole investigation and her own treatment now? I think she's proud of the work that she did. I think she's proud to have kept fighting. Um, David and Goliath gets used a lot as an analogy, but you know the reality is that they're a tiny island with a small justice department and these are some of the biggest institutions in America and some of the richest men in America. And that she managed to get what she did from the estate is impressive. And I think Denise George's legal action really made a big difference in that it forced them to answer some really difficult questions and it revealed a whole lot of new information which raises serious questions about the apparent corruption on the islands. I think she has a degree of concern about the impact that some of this will have for her. She still lives in St. Thomas and her family are based there as well. Um, but I think broadly she thinks that this information needed to come to light. Transparency is what it's all been for and then move on from it and that the islands can do so with a kind of clear slate once all of this is finished. Are people proud that you fought the good fight? Oh, yes. Good. The people are. Yeah. The officials and the, his political friends? Yeah. They're they're not. I'm just yeah. an annoyance, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. guess. But the people, I have overwhelming support. And Rosie, for you, what do you make of it all? And what, what are the, the real takeaways? I think that Epstein's decision to end his life took away a really impo- important part of the process for those women in that they will never get that open justice against the direct target of the person who did this to them, really the central figure in it all. But I suppose what we we are now getting is a sense of the involvement of others, that the enablers aren't going to be able to just walk away with their reputations intact. You know, even if people are able to deny responsibility and a lot of these things have ended with settlements, that I think enough has come out for us to have a fuller picture of how many different parties were involved in allowing Epstein to behave the way he did. And, you know, I kept coming back to this feeling of outrage. Like, it is unbelievable that people can get away with this much if they're rich enough. There are people who are who will do anything. They will look the other way for if there's enough money 
And that's that to me is the essence of the Epstein story is that he was able to abuse women because enough people looked the other way because he was a lucrative client. He was a source of, of money to a lot of people and that allowed him to behave in ways that are just despicable, reprehensible, shouldn't be happening. And I also just think it shows that one person, Denise George, can really <laughs> can make a difference. And it's quite inspiring to speak to somebody who's actually done something, really stuck to their guns to the point where it's cost them quite a lot, but yeah. ultimately has done what was right. been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Deputy News Review Editor and Senior Feature Writer at The Sunday Times, Rosie Kinchin. You can read Rosie's full interview with Denise George with even more jaw-dropping details about the Epstein case at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. And we'll put a link to her piece in the description notes to this podcast. The producer today was Sam Chantarasak. The executive producers were Kate Ford and Will Rowe. And sound design was by David Crackles. If you can, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find us. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.